Hello. Is this Matt? It is. How are you, Dr. Alexander? I'm good. How are you doing, man? Welcome to Episode 6 of the Chalk Dust Podcast, where teachers talk about their experiences in the classroom. Because once the dust settles, every teacher has a story to tell. This is Kirby Alexander, your host. And today, I'm talking with Matt King, an elementary school PE teacher living in Mansfield, Texas. I first met Matt back in the fall of 2014 when he was enrolled in my introductory education class in the College of Education, and he took an educational technology class from me the next semester. Matt started off as an elementary classroom teacher, and he is now the PE teacher in the same school. Matt is incredibly energetic and creative, and most importantly, he loves working with kids and being a positive role model in their lives. Let's go ahead and get started and hear what Matt has to share with us. Well, hey, Matt, thanks so much for joining me today and uh, talking with us about uh, your experiences uh, as you started your teaching career and also some of the issues you're dealing with now that uh, everybody basically across the country has been forced to uh, teach from a distance uh, using various technologies. So I really appreciate you uh, taking some time uh, to be with us today. Well, I uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, heard about this and I thought it was quite interesting to be a part of. So here we are. Absolutely. That's great. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, Where are you teaching? What grade? What subjects? That kind of thing. So right now I'm teaching in Mansfield ISD Mm -hmm. and I am, this will be, well, finishing out my fourth year here um, at Roberta Tips Elementary. It's, uh, I'm teaching PE now. Our oh, wow. PE teacher from the first three years that I was there retired, and it was something that I had my eye on. I had a good relationship with her, and she decided to retire a little earlier mm-hmm. and go do something else along the education lines, just a little bit different. And I already had everything in line, had all my documentation ready to go. So when the opportunity came, uh, the assistant principal that is no longer there her and the principal talked about it and they said, we think you're a perfect candidate. Uh, would you want to? Absolutely. I would. I love being in the classroom, but now instead of seeing 22 kids during the day, I see 600 kids. Right. Oh <laughs> wow. So, um, uh, have you been at this school, uh, the entire time that you've been in, in your, in your, uh, teaching career? I have, I, so it's been kind of a, Tumultuous might not be the right word, but it's kind of been an odd experience because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to jump ahead, but when I got hired, that original principal is no longer there. She left basically a month after I was hired, okay. and it was just kind of a weird transition. So it's been a growing experience for myself with a new principal. So at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, it, it's it's been able to build that relationship up whereas she is coming in brand new. I was coming in brand new. So it was, it was completely different. And that was her first opportunity to be a principal. She had been an AP elsewhere, but uh, Mm -hmm. I've been there the entire time. I don't have any plans on leaving. It's Mm -hmm. a great school. It's a great district. So I'm happy. That's great. So, you know, tell me the story about how you uh, got this, this teaching job. What's the story uh, that kind of led you to this school and in this school district? Sure. So, uh, just like with any other TCU ed student, you know, you have your 
placement for your student teaching. Mm -hmm. And I was placed in Burleson. That's where I had requested Burleson ISD because that's where we were living at the time. Gotcha. And I was placed with a really, really great teacher. She'd been teaching, I think it was like 24 years at that time. She's still teaching. Oh, wow. And I was in a fifth grade class and I loved it. It was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. And as the hiring day came around for the career, I guess, job fair at TCU that is had every year for the education mm -hmm. uh, students. Uh, Mansfield was there. They had a representative there. And it just so happened to be it was the principal of the school that I'm currently at. The ah. one that hired me that had moved on. She moved on up to upper admin somewhere. Okay. So she was there. We had a long conversation. They, it was essentially an informal interview. Yes. And then about... A month later, maybe maybe three weeks, something like that, uh, they brought me in for an interview, and I met with, the position was for a fourth grade teacher, and I had no idea what to expect as far as teaching fourth grade or really any other grade for that matter. I mm -hmm. just knew I wanted to teach. Yeah. So I went in, I interviewed, um, everything went well. It's funny how such a tiny community this area is because my student my student teacher, um, whatever you want to call her, the person that was overseeing. Oh yeah. Like your cooperate, your supervisor, supervising teacher. Yes. There we go. So she knew was very good friends with one of the teachers on the fourth grade team that I was interviewing for mm -hmm. because they had worked together in Burleson. She, the fourth grade teacher at the school that I'm at was friends with the principal. So there was maybe not nepotism, but there is definitely <laughs> help being placed in the right spot yes. to be able to get that position. Because I was not the only person that had interviewed. There were about seven or eight people that they interviewed for that position. So I, I, I'm assuming part of what I did during my student teaching carried on and, mm -hmm. and that was passed down the line. Like, yes, he's a good teacher. He can do this. He can do that. So that felt good. Yes. Um, so it was a it was an interesting process. It was completely different. So after I was told, you know, hey, we'll let you know in a couple of days, I was like, you know, school's out. I already graduated TCU. Freaking out. Don't have a job yet. Yes, I interviewed <laughs> at a few different places. Don't know what's going on. You know, just waiting, looking at my phone, trying to keep myself busy. Like, am I going to get right. a call? Am I going to get a call? And the principal that ended up hiring me, she uh, called me. I happened to be, we were out on some acreage out in Burleson where we used to live. And I was out on mm -hmm. my tractor mower, you know, a mowing <laughs> field. And I stopped and I'm like, I don't know this number. I'm going to answer it. So I stopped, shut off. And I, was, I talked to her for about 10 minutes and she said they wanted to offer me the job. HR would contact me. So it was like oh, wow. immediately mind blown. I, I hung up with her. I got on the phone with my wife and I'm like, I have a job. Oh, so happy. Oh, that's awesome. That's almost like it could tale. have been written for a movie script. You know, you're on your tractor mower when you get the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. So you get offered the job, I'm, you accept it, you know, so what are you feeling at this point? You know, are you starting to like picture your classroom, picture what it's going to look like? Kind of describe that anticipation leading up to when the school year is about to start. Yeah, so I, I was able to, after I got hired, I was able to get into the school the teachers had a work day after the last day of school mm -hmm. and I was able to get in there and meet some of my teammates and stuff like that and actually get into the room and just kind of like, okay, this is the space I'm dealing with. I got a couple of windows, I got a row, row of lockers. 
So I had an idea of what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I didn't have very much. And right. I think that's part of, I think that's part of me being a guy to a certain degree where mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this in sports teams or race cars. or something. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, no, 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 I need to do something that's more kid centric, but fourth graders in this day and age are different than when you and I were fourth graders. Right. So I was more of a kid then. They're not so much as kids now. They're huh. just different. Yeah. So I thought, okay, how can I do this? I, I had some stuff. I talked to my wife. I was like, I need this, 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 this. I need to print this. I need to get this. I need to line make this. And I did. And I did a kind of a hodgepodge theme. Mm-hmm. And when the school year came back, when you go through that week of, you know, teachers coming back and getting training and all that kind of thing. And I had an opportunity to get into my room. It was, okay, I'm putting the things on the lockers and I'm mm-hmm. making this. Look. And at the end of the day, before all the students came in, this is like the night of meet the teacher. Right. I'm looking around. I'm like, this is the ugliest classroom <laughs> I've ever seen. It looked, it looked, it looked nothing like what I pictured in an elementary school classroom, uh-huh. not kindergarten-ish, but just like, it just seemed barren. There was not much on the walls. Right. I had some posters and stuff, but it was just kind of barren. So it was not what I was picturing, but at the same time, I think I was kind of, <laughs> I think I was over expecting what it should look like. Yeah. And I needed to, t- I needed to take that step back and say, okay, it doesn't have to be pretty. Does it count? Is Are the things that are here in the classroom, are they going to be, you be able to be used by the students? And mm-hmm. that was, that was one of those things. So, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Well, your first classroom sounds a lot like mine because mine was very similar. <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of stuff and I just kind of did what I could. And I think I had the same thought at some point. It's like, this is not what an elementary school classroom should look like, but there's no stopping us now. Like the kids are coming, whether I like it or not. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, so you got everything ready and set up and, you know, as you mentioned, you had meet the teacher. So, you know, describe those first few days, you know, like when the, you finally meet your students and that, that maybe first week or so when you're just kind of getting to know them. Well, uh, so meet the teacher was an interesting evening just because I had never, like I have, I've never had a problem talking to anybody mm-hmm. in my life, you know, being a, another adult, but talking to another adult when you are about to take on their student for 178 days, that right. is the, you know, the apple of their eye, uh-huh. it, it changes things a little bit. So I had a very, an interesting class that year take these couple problem kids and stick them in here, take a couple of these, and then we'll sprinkle some good stuff on top, but good luck, bud. Yeah. And so talking to the parents and stuff, you, you kind of get an idea of, okay, this is what they expect from their kid. This is what they expect from you. You mm-hmm. know, everything was fine. There weren't a whole lot of issues. I didn't have any language barriers, which I was concerned about because we have a very diverse population between Asian, Hispanic, African-American, um, Middle Eastern, just a very, very big melting pot at our mm-hmm. school. So I, I didn't know what to really expect because accents are very hard for me to, right. <laughs> to pick through. Um, so that was interesting uh, to meet the teacher. And then the very first day comes. And like the night before, I couldn't sleep. Like, I, I, I probably got two hours of sleep before first day of school. Mm-hmm. And then students come in, you know, parents take pictures with you and uh, you know i'm dressed up i've got a bow tie on i'm feeling great i'm loving it yeah and they all come in 
and I immediately, like, I have a classroom full, I have 21 kids, and I'm like, I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, it struck me, like, I am in charge, and yeah. all my training, all my practice up to this point, practicum, I, like, <laughs> yeah. it just, like, it disappeared. I'm like, okay, what do we do first? Yeah. <laughs> and I had a checklist of some things that my team had gave me, you know, to go over the first week of school because it's only three days. Right. So, you know, just basic procedures of how we do things in the class. I'm like, I, I don't know. How do I want to do this in the classroom? How are we going to line up? Do I call you by table? Do I call you? Yeah. So it was kind of culture shock in that regard. I, I ultimately ended up getting everything works out, obviously, because I'm still in the education profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just kind of that moment of, Oh my God, like this is for real. I, I'm in this moment. I can't, I can't imagine this anymore. It's here. Yeah. So it was, it was, I, it was a rude awakening, but it was also a very good eye opening. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, and so, you know, I, I can really relate to those first few days where you're just showing kids, you know, how to put their binder together. This is how we line yeah. up, you know, all of that stuff you know, but at some point, you know, you kind of get over those introductory activities and you have to just get busy teaching. So, you know, once you were done with some of that introductory stuff, you know, how was that transition into just doing the real work that you do as a teacher, the the actual planning and teaching and assessing of lessons? So that's where I felt most comfortable. I, I, I wanted to jump right in. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't do that on the first few days of school, but right. uh, I, I was ready to go. And te- just teaching in general, whether I'm teaching PE like I am now or I was teaching fourth grade or second grade, I, I was in my element. I was completely comfortable. I was ready to go. And it was it was one of those things that just felt natural. And we talked, you know, every subject that I was teaching, I just felt like I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I, I still to this day will kid around with students and even even my son. Like I'm not a very strong ELA student myself, right. and I'm not the greatest ELA teacher. I, mm-hmm. I can do my best, but that is not my strong suit. So that is where I really felt insecure. Mm-hmm. I I I, ha- I know what a verb and a noun is and, and all that kind of stuff. Proper noun, all this stuff that I hadn't heard much about. Mm-hmm. I was now having to teach these kids. And at the same time that I was panicking, I felt like, okay, we're learning together here. (laughs) And I had no problem with my students. It was a very open door policy of, hey, if you don't understand or I say something wrong, you, by all means, come and tell me, hey, Mr. King, you're, uh, it's actually this. Cool. We're good. Now I know. Yeah. (laughs) And we're all on the same page. Now I can correct myself and move forward. Once, once we had, like that very first week after all the fluff was gone, when we actually got into teaching, yeah, that was where I started really building connections with students, whether it be um, on an academic level, on a personal level, just, you know, just talking to them, but at the same time, really learning, okay, what is your strength? Where are you weak at? And it really opened up my classroom to allow kids to kind of be vulnerable because in, in many cases, kids, have trouble asking for help because they're going to be ridiculed one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it, I really didn't have any of that. I didn't tolerate it. And building, I think that very first week of building those relationships helped me be able to teach even better because I had trust in stu- the students had trust in me that I wasn't going to, 
you know, oh, you didn't get it. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you failed. Too bad. Yeah. Um, so I really, I, I, the, the trust factor was really big in helping me accomplish my goal in those first few weeks of teaching. Just kind of like just bearing my soul to them for the most part. Like, hey, I'm the teacher, but I'm not in charge of you. You know, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to give you, help you gain information for you to move on to fifth grade and ultimately go on and succeed and do better things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that it was, it was, so I guess in the short to answer your question is yeah. the first few weeks were fantastic. I, it was yeah. great to be in my element and just go for it. Oh, that's great. So, you know, I guess, you know, this thing, this kind of went on for a little while and, you know, you're kind of in a rhythm where you're planning lessons, you're teaching, you're connecting with your students and did you ever have moments uh, where you just kind of would stop and ask yourself, like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? You know, did you ever have times when you felt disillusioned or, or kind of questioned, you know, how you ended up where you were? Yeah, I will say um, a lot of a lot of you professors will say, you know, your first year is your hardest year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on. And I remember, so Mansfield does things a little bit differently than most school districts. They have two semesters, but their report cards are broken up into six week sessions instead of eight weeks. So there are six, six weeks throughout the year. So there's three in the first semester, three in the second semester. Mm -hmm. And the first six weeks, a lot of things are review from the previous grade. And then you're tacking on the new things. Mm -hmm. First six weeks was fine. It was the second six weeks around I guess it was around right before Thanksgiving or so. Mm-hmm. And we had had a benchmark, which is the, 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 the semester test where it basically helps the district find out and the school to find out where these kids are as far as star, because, mm-hmm. you know, let's be honest, that is a thing. Yeah. And they took the, I think it was, it was the, there, there was, there was a benchmark for writing and reading. I can't remember. I think it was the reading one. Mm-hmm. and I had half my class vomit. Like, I'm oh, talking wow. like 30s, 40s. My highest grade was like a 75, and I, like I had graded these, and I'm, I turned them in, turning the, um, uh, the the sheets into whoever's taking them, uh-huh. and I see my scores. I already know what my scores are before they're even run through the machine. Right. And I'm just sitting at my desk during my conference time like, I'm going to get fired. I hate my job. This <laughs> oh, no. sucks. Yeah. I, I did a horrible job. Like, I'm the worst teacher in the world. I couldn't even help you get, half of you get even passing on this. And hmm. I I just, like, I went home that night and I talked to my wife and I said, I don't I don't know that I'm going to last. And we talked about it and, and you know, just kind of that picked me up. No, it's fine. And, yeah. And, but it really kind of, although I dropped my baggage at the door, to go do my teaching during the day, mm-hmm. it was still something that weighed with me for a good week or so. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of hung in the back of my head where like, I, I just stopped many times and thought, okay, I can fix this. I can make this better, but am, am I going, am, am I ultimately going to be able to do this in the long run constantly mm-hmm. where I have this failure? And I went and I talked to uh, one of my great friends that works at the school. She was teaching third grade at the time. 
And she had been in the position like that before. And she's a rock star teacher, mm-hmm. teaches the GT class now, and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And she just gave me some words of wisdom of just take a moment, go through the negative emotions of I suck, I'm bad at this, I hate my job, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no good. <laughs> and then she said, push it aside, regroup, and come back. And that's what I did. And hmm. I would say after the Thanksgiving break, from there on out through the rest of the year, I was I was good. I was fine. I was happy. And the only thing that between then and the end of the year was star. And I had a lot of worry about that because mm-hmm. it's one thing to be able to know grammar and writing yourself. Mm-hmm. It is a very difficult thing to teach somebody else to write. Oh, it is yeah. completely different than teaching or reading. It was way more than I expected. Yeah. And when the star came for the writing and my kids did much better than what I expected. Mm-hmm. I was over the moon excited. So I went from the lows of the low where <laughs> I can't do this. I'm a horrible teacher. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get fired before Christmas to, yeah. okay, I survived. I did this. Yep. <laughs> you, you got something. So it was, it was yeah. a very up and down, but that was, that, that was the very first realization of, oh no. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's when you see those scores and that's when you realize that, you know, teaching and learning is a real thing. It's not just some activity you go through the motions, you know, you're not up there playing school, but you're actually kind of helping direct students through this process of, of learning. So, yeah, I can I can totally relate to that. Um you know, as you were going through that first year, did you ever have um, times where you would just tell yourself, you know, next year I'm doing this differently? Like I didn't get started the way I wanted or, you know, I can't maybe start this new thing right away. But starting next year, um, I'm going to uh, do this differently. Did you have any of those uh kind of routines or strategies that you just thought, you know, I'm going to definitely do this differently? I did. Um, There were many times where, you know, I had that moment of stopping and thinking about, okay, I can't do this this way next year. It has Mm -hmm. to be completely different than what I did. And the biggest thing with me was how I had handled some of the reading groups at that time where I just completely felt out of my element and Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like they were getting anything, but I had put stuff in place for, okay, next year, the pace needs to slow down. I need to bring it down a little bit lower mm-hmm. because mind you, you're a first year teacher and your student teaching helps to a certain degree, but you don't know where kids are. Yeah. You don't know how to talk to kids of a certain age until you're at that level. And then you have to adjust on the fly. But at the same time, there are some things that you can adjust. It just doesn't seem to really fit. Yeah. So reading was one of those things where, you know, I felt like, okay, I'm going too fast. Mm-hmm. And I had to slow it down, but it, it was one of those things where I had looked at the curriculum um, th- that was coming ahead for the following year. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. I had pulled it out and I wrote on it, like, okay, next year I need to do this activity instead of this. I can't do this activity. They don't get it. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And it was one of those moments where I, I just, I, I knew what I had to do to change it and you know, ultimately that was the goal, but then I moved to grade levels. But so yeah. I, I can't really speak to whether the changes yeah. would have worked. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but in, in plan, in theory, they would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, you know, and I, uh, I, 
I still do that. You know, I'll get halfway through something and I'll say, okay, I've got to make a note. Like, don't ask that question again or ask it in a different way or don't do that activity. Um, So I think we're always constantly reevaluating, you know, so uh, here you are now, you know, you're in your um, uh, fourth year of teaching, you're teaching PE. How is that, uh, how is that uh, working out in terms of teaching from a distance? You know, because you're in a role where you, you basically teach every kid in the school. So, you know, how do you, how do you uh, manage that whole process of like keeping up with the students? Are you keeping up with students? Are you just being support for other teachers? You know, kind of what's your role right now that everyone's teaching from home? Uh, so it is very difficult to teach a PE curriculum from afar Oh yeah, <laughs> without having somebody in a gym with you. Yeah. But we have used technology. That was one of my big things when I was in the classroom. I mm-hmm. used technology for, everything, whether it be Flipgrid or Mm -hmm. now the whole district uses Canvas. There's all kinds of things out there. And I mean, you obviously know Google Classroom was one of those things that I even did. Oh, yeah. And now we kind of help support to a certain degree. Like we'll reach out and ask, hey, do you need help with this? Or can can we do anything to help, you know, add on to what you're doing? And there's really not anything I can do for the most part for the classroom teachers. But Mm. what I've been doing is kids more kids are getting out now just around like my neighborhood i see more and more kids out riding bikes or taking walks with their parents or walking dogs or bikes whatever so Mm -hmm. i know they're out doing things but now it's okay i can't really have this p curriculum where i'm going to teach you how to play soccer or throw a ball or something like that yeah so it's more of a okay let's do some exercises that we have done all year that you guys already know mm-hmm. and let's add a little bit of a twist. Let's do it. Have, have your parent do it with you or do it with a friend, not with a friend because you, a sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Case, probably a sibling or, or do, you know, show yourself outside doing an activity that you enjoy. And so this, this last one that I had done, I've done all this through Flipgrid so that they can record themselves doing it or the parents can record themselves doing it. And what I did for this week was, do a do a dance mm-hmm. that has one of our exercise movements in it, and that's what they did. And I got uh, out of the six hundred students, I probably got one hundred and twenty responses, which oh, is wow. pretty good. That's pretty good. So you have a bunch of kids that are just kind of being wacky and stuff like that. And I had a wig on and I had sunglasses on, just to <laughs> kind of be even sillier because you know I'm, kids are stuck at home, parents are stuck at home. Mm-hmm. You know, kids already have a curriculum that they're trying to do. Parents are trying to teach. The more that I can at least bring a silly smile to somebody's face for 30 seconds of the day, I'm good with that. So that's kind of been the goal where I'll take my goofy personality and help help elevate kids' maybe morale to a certain degree. Uh Because let's let's be honest, they've been off. Our spring break was the first week in March. Yeah. Second week in March. So they've been off for a month now. Yeah. And, you know, there's only so many things that a kid can do at <laughs> time period when they can't be outside going to a park or going shopping. Or, so, yeah, uh, it's just been a morale booster probably more than anything yep. at this point in time. So we'll see as the last seven weeks of school go by what what will change, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's been a, a tough transition for just, you know, for everybody and 
including, you know, people like me trying to teach college classes online. But, but, you know, I think we'll all get through it. We'll learn a lot about ourselves as teachers. I think we'll all learn a lot about um, our schools and maybe how we can do things more efficiently or do things differently. You know, if for nothing, nothing else, if we ever have to do this again and make a quick jump from in the classroom to from a distance at home. So, uh, you know, one last question. When you uh, think about your first year, when you look back on that first year, what do you remember the most? Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you always think about the good, the bad, the ugly, what could have happened. Um, I I would say I, I think about something that I remember the most would be most of my students. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 that sounds, that sounds probably horrible because I didn't come by the end of the year, the end of May, you, you, some kids really like you. Some kids hate your guts mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what you do to try and encourage them or get, you know, deeper with them to help, build even more of a rapport connection. Some kids just don't want it, don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that has always stuck with me. It kind of bothered me that some kids just, not that they didn't like me, just that we didn't, we didn't, I didn't reach the same level with them as I did with some others. Right. And on that same note, I, I remember every single one of those kids from that first class uh, I still talk to many of them because they are about to go into eighth grade now. Oh, wow. And I'm, I, I I mean, I see them because they have siblings in the school and they'll come by and I'm like, oh my God, like you've grown. I mean, you were yeah. your puberty, obviously. <laughs> with, you're like six foot five right now. Like yeah. what is going on? <laughs> but it, it, I remember where they were at that point and to see just even in the three and a half, almost four years where they're at, it just, it just, uh, it, it's something that I, I, I just remember them as that younger kid. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing them older. It, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to kind of explain, I guess. But just having that connection with most of those students yeah. has really changed as, as they've gotten older. Because they come back and they say, hey, Mr. King, how are you? I'm like, yeah. God, like I didn't even know who you were yesterday yeah. when I saw you, but now I know. Thanks for telling me your name. No. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think that would probably be it. aside from, you know, everybody's got bad things that happen during their year of teaching, first year, twentieth year, whatever. But I like to, I like to weigh on that positive instead. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I, I'm the same way. When I think back on that first year, I really, I see the faces of those students in my class. Um, And some of whom I, like you said, remember better than others, just because maybe they were, some students weren't there the whole year. They came in midway or they, they moved before the school year was over and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think it, it always comes back down to the students. Well, Hey Matt, that sounds like a, a great place to, to stop. You know, I really appreciate you taking some time to share with us about that first year. Uh, you know, give me an update on what you're doing now. More than anything, I'm encouraged just to hear how 
your your loving teaching like you just feel like you've you found uh your calling found like what you really want to do and thank you for uh for visiting with me today well i appreciate you having me on absolutely 